Always two there are, a master and an apprentice. One to embody power and one to crave it. I'm the master, Dan. And I'm the apprentice, Jake. And that rings no more true than today because we're, uh, we're talking about something related to our intro. Yes, we are. And I'm excited about it, too. Yeah, it's our first book that we're covering on the podcast. Um, I have about eight gazillion pages of notes, so this is definitely going to be a two-parter. Yeah, I took no notes, so I'm ready. Yeah. See, cause this way I'm the master. I'm prepared. Bane would have taken notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. Notes. You're right. Uh, anyway, of course, we're talking about the first book in the Dark Bane trilogy, Path of Destruction. Uh, a very important book to Star Wars, even though technically not canon the story behind it is uh darth bane the character is canon the fact that he created the rule of two is canon but all the twists and turns of his story are now considered legends but uh it doesn't interfere with canon at all so we're gonna help go ahead and treat it as if it was canon and we're gonna talk about it this is the first time i've ever uh been on time you know well i i watched i listened to this faster than i watched uh last jedi so <laughs> i uh i didn't finish this week listening but that's fine because we're not going to get anywhere towards the end of this book in today's episode yeah it, i mean it's a long book i mean it, you know it's like almost 400 pages the yeah, actual uh, book itself with any book, I mean, you're going to get more information. You're going to have more stuff to talk about than with a movie. I mean, a movie is Definitely. two, two and a half hours of content. A book, I mean, the audiobook for this is almost 13 hours. You know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely a lot more info. Absolutely. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in. We open in the mines of the planet Apartros, which is just the shittiest place in the galaxy. It's like Tatooine with caves. Pretty much yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, we meet Dessel. He's a, a miner, not like under 21, but like he mines. Um, plays a lot of Minecraft. Right. Um, anyway, he is, he works in these mines. And we don't really know a lot about him yet, but he has a confrontation with another miner named Gerd, also not under 21, just likes to play Minecraft. Um, Jesus. Gerd, uh, as we find out, was friends with Dez's father, who is deceased, which means dead, in case you didn't know. Um, oh, okay, okay. We, we kind of learned throughout the book, but Des and his father have had a very tumultuous relationship because he blamed Des for the death of his mother. And yeah. so that plays into this. And even at the beginning, go ahead. Uh, even at the beginning here, you know, he says, 
right he's talking to this other miner um i don't have all their names written down but i think he just said it but he's talking to him and you know he's talking about how he's he's never afraid of a fight because of his father like yeah that's how bad their relationship was. And there's actually a flashback later that shows one of their fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this friend of his father confronts him in the mine. They have this altercation. And, you know, Bane is a physically imposing dude because he's grown up working in these mines. And he has this fight. He gets into this fight with Gerd. And he can kind of anticipate Gerd's movements and ends off ends up biting off Gerd's thumb. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, a Does that fight at work a lot. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Gerd was trying to jab his eyes out. All right. Uh, so, I mean, I think he deserves it. Probably. I'm on Bane's side in this one. How many workplaces? seems like an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. How many workplaces have this problem of thumbs getting chewed off? And they're just like, eh, we'll just suspend them. Um, uh, you know, last week. No. Oh, my yeah. work. Because yeah. that's no, why yeah, I know. <laughs> Dez does not get fired. He is just suspended. And mm-hmm. it's like, whatever. Which... You know, it's kind of hard to find people to work on the kurtosis mines. It's so, true. The only people that you know, really work and it's in only, the mines are people who owe debts. Right. And they're trying to pay them off so they can get off this rock. Mm-hmm. You can definitely yeah. rack up uh, some debt on someone if you find out they bit some guy's finger off. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so Dez is suspended, and he's not allowed to return to the mines until Gerd can. And he notices as he's leaving the mines that there are Republic troops on Apartros, which happens from time to time. They come by and collect stuff. And so he sees that as an opportunity to go con some of these Republic troops out of their money at the uh, little, with a little gambling. And so uh, Dez heads to the cantina to... To make some money. But, uh, Which is very interesting because I remember them explaining uh, gambling. Uh, a little bit, yeah. And how... They, I mean, not like the, the game itself, but it, how on this planet, because it's owned by a gangster, how they don't want gambling to be your income yeah. source they so they make sure you don't make enough money yeah <laughs> like that's insane what kind of the horrible place how did his father end up on this planet anyways well, we don't know uh, how long his father's been there his his father could have been born there right just stuck in this so i mean it could go back generations mm-hmm. we don't know um but yeah it's it's definitely right. a corrupt system and I mean, they're just, they're on the outer rim, but the Republic kind of lets them operate how they are because they need the mm-hmm. cortosis. So they're like, we'll leave you alone and let you do your thing. 
Right. Sounds about like the Republic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I apologize for the noise. But, uh, yeah, so Des goes to the cantina. He wants to kind of look around and check out the, the soldiers before he jumps into a game. And we find that he's kind of friends with the bartender, Groshik, who is a Nemoidian. So he's probably part of the trade fitters. Is... Yeah, right. This is one of my favorite characters in the book, actually. Really? He was just like interesting. Maybe it was the way that the the audiobook I mean, the guy read him and it was just like an interesting yeah. character because I've never heard an Imoidian interesting <laughs> because they're just the bad guys and they're kind of one note but this guy had like had a story he was interesting he he owned a freaking bar it was cool yeah you know so I thought that was interesting it's also a testament to Star Wars audiobooks how good they are because I mean they had sound oh, yeah. effects music they do different voices for the characters it makes you feel like you're watching a movie in some aspect. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he, um, he's talking to Groshik and he's crying. He's trying to listen to the troops and he's listening to all these troops trying to recruit miners because that's the only way they'll really get off this planet. And, uh, it's very much <laughs> like real they get life. Off, they still they have use, to pay off their debts. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, they use, it's just like, the tactics that are used in real life to recruit people into the military. It's very, you know, hey, you get this benefit, you get that benefit. There's no negatives. You know, it's great. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I haven't had that problem because I'm fat, so no one wants to recruit me. <laughs> so the benefits of being fat, kids. There you go. There you go. Um, we find out that these uh, people and these soldiers, they're playing a game called Sabacc, which is canon, because that is the game in which Han Solo wins the Millennium Falcon in Solo. Um, we've seen it pop up in some other things, some games, some books, but uh, the, the original uh, mention of it was Han Solo and Lando. So that's something that's existed in Star Wars for a while. Yeah, and they, they made a whole... That, what an interesting game, Sabak. Yeah, because I still don't know how it's played. You don't? No. I mean, it's some kind of poker. It's, it is blackjack, but with 23 cards, and the cards can change at any moment. <laughs> so... See, Pezak is so much But better. they don't always change... I paid very close attention to the Sabak rolls. I didn't. And it still doesn't make any sense to me. To be fair, I don't like, think Sabak in this book is played the same way as the canon version. Okay. Because in okay. Solo, it, it looks more like um, like Texas Hold'em. So, so I don't know. but uh, Well, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So, I mean, it's it, a card like, game. That's all we know. It's, yeah. It, as far as the canon game, you know, it could just be 
blackjack. Yeah. Or Texas Hold'em or anything. It so. could be it could be Go Fish for all we know. Yeah. All right. Well, Des decides to sit down at this table, and these soldiers are kind of they're doing well, you know. And immediately, soldiers are trying to recruit him because this dude's you know giant, and um, he learns about General Hoth, which is. I wonder if that's where the planet Hoth got its name, or if he's named after the planet. That's what I was wondering. Cause like I was wondering that too. I was like, was there like a liberation of Hoth, and like they named it after him or something? Maybe. I mean, I can't imagine there's many people on Hoth with how cold it is, though. <laughs> true. True. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, he learns about General Hoth and all this stuff and. They bring up Revan, and uh, Des says, well, didn't Revan turn on the Republic and everything? And and the soldiers are like, well, Revan's story is complicated. And uh, we hear a lot about Revan in this book. And the reason for that is because the author, Drew Carpetian, uh, worked for Bioware, which made the KOTOR games. So he was very, Uh very integral with the character of, both Revan and Bane. So that's why Revan is okay. so important. That's cool. Yeah. But um, Des is, he's just out playing these guys and he's starting mm-hmm. to push back and talking about how he doesn't think that the Jedi are, are very uh, noble. He doesn't see the problem with the Sith. He thinks the Republic is out to protect itself, and he's really starting to get under the skin of these soldiers. And with with fair points, I mean, yeah. he brings up some fair points. Absolutely, he, you know, he's not at this point in time. He's not like, oh yeah, I'm a Sith, but he's no. more like, what in the he- what are the Sith doing that you're not? Yeah, what is the difference here? He's like, how are you? And I get it. Yeah. He's like, what are you guys doing for me? Because I'm still stuck on this planet. You're buying Cortosis for my boss, not for me. And mm-hmm. you're you're fighting this supposedly evil being that does the same thing that you do. And it really gets under the skin of these Republic soldiers, especially the Insane. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say that. Um, the what? Say it again. The Insane, the Insane, the, the big... The main head of the Republic. The, yeah, yeah, the table. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And uh, Des ends up winning and taking all the Insane's money, and he flips out, and he's threatening to, you know, fight and kill him and whatever. And mm-hmm. right as things are about to get physical, Groshik, uh just starts shooting a blaster and closes down the bar. Groshik uh, tells Bane to stay Groshik behind. Groshik will have none of that shit. What? So Groshik will have none of that shit. Oh, yeah, no. He fired uh, his blaster immediately. He, uh, he tells Dez to stay behind. And, uh, you know, he talks to him. Mm-hmm. And he tells Dez the reason he kept him is because, you know, he doesn't want him getting attacked on his way home because those guys are probably waiting for him, which is fair. Um, fair. He helps uh, Groshik call the bar. Be. And, yeah, for real. And uh, they talk for a few minutes. And he tells Dez that his 
the anger he was feeling towards the Republic seemed to radiate throughout the whole cantina. And, you know, Des doesn't understand how that can be possible. And Groshek says that he, it took every power of his being not to shoot the Republic's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So there's something about Des. He's, his anger radiated over the entire cantina. Oh, I didn't pick that up the first time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but Des finally leaves after an hour or so. Um, the Republic soldiers were still waiting for him, though, and he gets attacked by all three of them. Um, <laughs> the inscene uh, draws a vibro blade, which is basically a sword. I mean, it's not quite a lightsaber, but it's a blade. Um, yeah, I was like, is it, does it vibrate or what is it? I mean, I guess it's got something to it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, But uh, he pulls a vibroblade and they're in the complete darkness. Des can't really see what's going on. He's anticipating Mm -hmm. their attacks. And he anticipates uh, the vibroblade and he's able to redirect it and he actually kills the ensign. Death number one of the book. That's number one. Yep. The other two... Plenty to come. <laughs> yeah. No, there's only a few. There's not a lot of deaths in this book. I think like two or three people tops. <laughs> there's no like mass yeah. genocide or anything. Yeah. Anyway. Definitely. No, definitely not. The, uh, the two soldiers run off because they're obviously going to snitch. And uh, Des goes mm-hmm. back to the bar and asks, or tells Groshik what happened. He doesn't really ask for help. Um, Groshik weighs his options and tells Bane, or Des, that he could join the uh, Sith arm. And Des is like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. So. Whatever. I mean, whatever. Better than the Republic. So, he sneaks yeah, on. in his eyes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's number one on the Republic's most wanted list on this planet, so you can't really join him. Right, right. But uh, he sneaks onto a ship where he's going to be smuggled, and he thanks Groshik as he boards the ship, and then uh, he realizes that by killing... This Republic soldier, he actually got what he wanted the most, which was to get off of Parturus. Not quite the way he wanted, but he Not got the way off he thought, but um, There's a bit of a time jump. We don't know for sure how long. I think about a year-ish. Um, that would make sense to me. Yeah. Des is now a sergeant in the Sith Army. And he's his little group of troops are known as the Gloom Walkers, and he's a very uh, proud and respected figure in the Sith military. And he's a badass. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah, not badass. Nah. Nah. Well, I mean, uh, the relationship he has with other Gloom Walkers, with his squad, it reminds me a lot of. The, the clones, specifically Domino Squad, 
in the Clone Wars? Yeah, they're very close. They'll pretty much do anything for each other if they can. Yes. And that's okay. Gosh, Jake, you got so much noise coming from your end. I know, just a little, uh, just a little lightsaber. Yeah. At least it was on brand. Sound effect there. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like I liked all these the military se- section of this. Yeah, it's very good. Well, we find out more about the Gloomwalkers and how they are an elite troop. Um, Dez's mm-hmm. first action was on Kashyyyk, and he completely turned the tide and basically led to the Gloomwalkers' victory. Um, and Kashyyyk was eventually captured by the Sith. Um, of course... Des didn't get the credit for that. The lieutenant took all the credit. And uh, mm. he did promote Des to sergeant, though, to keep him kind of satisfied. But the Gloomwalkers are considered an elite troop. They're sent to on very important missions to take out very important points or capture important points. And that's what they're doing now is they, they need to eliminate an outpost so that the main Sith force can launch a surprise attack. And they're given the dumbest, like, not a general, uh, whatever is above him, lieutenant, to yeah. lead them. And it is so annoying. Yeah. It's almost, it reminded me of Krell. Yeah. Um... And his, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Krull had a purpose behind it, though. He was just trying to kill clones. And That's true. Q-Q. This guy's just That's fucking true. stupid. Um, but, I mean, another soldier talks to Dez. And, you know, we learned Dez, his feelings about battle usually mm-hmm. are correct. And mm-hmm. he's got an iffy feeling about this. Warbore. You know, he calls them in, he gives them their orders. Basically, they're just awful orders. The, the, you know, Des is saying, you know, it's not strategic time to attack. We should attack after nightfall so they can't, their ships won't pick us up and everything. And he goes, no, we go out in an hour. And uh, we find out that the order came from a Sith and Uabur is basically just a puss and doesn't want to say no. So he's completely content with yeah. just leading his men to death. Easy. Yeah. Whatever. It works. It works. Whatever. It doesn't last long, though, because Dez just walks up to him and knocks him out with one punch. Um, and he takes <laughs> command. He's like, you know what? We're not going to do that. Yeah. And then they don't. <laughs> And I mean, all the troops seem cool with this. They respect his command. And yeah, you know, we learn more about uh, Dez's thoughts on war. He talks about how fear dominates war and how it commands your actions. And so Dez takes that fear to make himself strong. Which is interesting. That might lead yeah, to... Yeah, it is interesting. Um, so they go out on this mission after nightfall, 
uh, when Des decides to do it. And um, they get there, and they need to take out the gunners first, because the gunners, basically, they rush to attack this place, the gunners will take out anybody who gets in range. Problem is, none of them can take out that many gunners that quickly. It's a long shot, and it's, it's a very bad position to be in. They uh, were not anticipating all these gunners. But um, so they. But basically, what happens? Des asks his shooter if she can make that shot. She says, uh, "Fuck no, I can't make that shot because that's impossible." Yeah. And Des. Yeah, I I might be able to make one shot, but that's it. Yeah. But the second she makes the one, then she's gonna have all these gunners' attention. So. Mm-hmm. Des decides, yeah, whatever, I'll give it a try. And he starts just fucking taking out gunners. <laughs> and he takes out the first two relatively easy. But then uh, he's actually blinded. There's a big, I, I guess it's kind of like a smoke screen that kind of blocks everyone's position. Uh, and, well, uh, what it is... Um is we see it in the Mandalorian as well. Remember that flash charge they were showing, throwing oh, up in the air? Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's what he he threw out. Yeah. And then we yeah, blinded so, so does all of the all the gloomwalkers are blinded, but they still have a bunch of gunners to take out. But does says that he can somehow see better blinded. He sees exactly what where these gunners are and what they're doing. And he takes them all out within seconds. There's actually a point where he toys with one of them and lets them get a little farther away before he shoots them. (laughs) That's not evil. That's fine. And and even says he feels like he gets strength off the fear of his victims. Just okay. Very sithy. That's that's some like fucking serial killer shit <laughs> that's true that, that's a little it's a little more than we've seen before yeah um but the shooter um the girl that he took the sniper from she's like completely in shock that he just did this and des is just like fuck off go fight and then they all charge into battle yeah and the Sith just destroy this outpost and take it over in a couple hours. Yeah, another, they had no no problem taking it over. No. It, another since they did it victory. the way that Bane wanted to do it. No. Also, in that battle, only nine Gloomwalkers died. Nine men. Which is, I'd say, pretty good. Not many battles have that low of casualties. Yeah, if they would have went during the day, they would have all died. Yeah, they would have got slaughtered. Of course, they come back to camp after the main attack is launched, and Ulabor is awake and well, and he has informed the Sith of Bane's treason, and Dez is arrested. It's very Jeez. fun. Whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, his troops start to kind of 
defend them, and at one point they even reach for their blasters, but Dez doesn't want them to get in any trouble and kind of waves them off. Mm-hmm. And there's also, there's a good little line Bane has as he's being carried out. He, uh, he looks at his troops and he says he realizes there will likely be an accident that happens to Ulibor in their next battle. <laughs> so uh, Ulibor's days are probably numbered. Yes, they, they probably... And I agree. They'll probably kill him quicker than he can fucking say hello. So... <laughs> He stepped Shit, in front of me. What do you want me to do? Um, but Dez is thrown in like, not even a cell. It's like a pit. Um, it made me think of the the pit Chewbacca is in in Solo. Kind of like that. Yeah. Guess, but a lot yeah. darker because uh, he says he can't see anything. Um, yeah. So he's thrown in this pit. He hasn't been fed. He's drifting in and out of consciousness. And eventually he hears this and hears and sees this dark figure walk by. And this dark figure tells um, these guards that he wants them, Bane or Dez, loaded on his ship and sent to Korriban. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, Bane or Dez is assuming that he's getting court-martialed, and that's where his case is going to be held. Yeah, because, I mean, he, I guess, at this point, he knows he's going to see a Sith. Yeah. And he just assumes they're just going to kill him. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> he knows about the ruthlessness of this Sith and why people fear them in the first place. Well, he gets on the ship and he goes so. to Korriban. And Dez immediately, when he lands on Korriban, can feel the bleakness of the planet. He describes it as very somber. And there's a guy there waiting to show him around. And he's led down into this temple. And eventually the guide leaves him and he has to make his way on his own. And that's where he meets a Twi'lek. Or Twi'lek, as Jake likes to say. Twilight. Well, hell, the fucking the audio box calls them Twilix. Yeah, there's a million different ways to pronounce it. Yeah, I'm, it's all I'm semantics, in, whatever. I'm in the Twilek camp. Twilek. Okay, I mean Twilek works. Whatever. Well, he meets this Twilek, and Bane can immediately feel this power radiating off this guy. And we find out that this figure is Lord Kopesh, who is a Sith Lord. And he's described as a very big Twi'lek, which usually when we see Twi'leks, they're kind of small or skinny in stature. So hearing these big Twi'leks is very uncommon. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of reminded me... Uh, sorry, this one kind of reminded me of the Mandalorian, uh, the oh, brother and sister, yeah. the brother, how big he was. Yeah, he was like jacked. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what I imagined yeah. um, when they mentioned Kopesh. Yeah. Well, we uh, we meet another Twi'lek later, Sith, who sounds even bigger, so 
But it's true. Kopej, we find out, is the person who will decide Bane's or Dez's fate. And uh, Dez kind of gives his story and explains his actions. Kopej is intrigued and tells Dez the reason he's accomplished everything he has is because he is force sensitive. Which describes. Uh, no way! Yeah, really. <laughs> Describes all these feelings he has, how he can anticipate maneuvers, how he's been able Mm -hmm. to do all these amazing feats that seem inhuman. And then Kopej, he invites Dez to train as a Sith. And Dez immediately knows, well, if I say no, they're just going to kill me. So, guess I'll accept... Off to Korriban. See, that's how you should recruit right there. Yeah. Hey, Join me you know what? Come with us or you're going to die. Dude, I, there'll be, you'll, recruiting will be so much better. You'll get so many more recruits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, does it sound, you know, the best way to recruit? Yes, so do it. No. I mean, is it moral? Who cares? You're a Sith. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Kopesh says, when you become a Sith, it's customary to to throw away your past life and to take a new name. And so that's what Dez does. And he decides to take something that used to was used to make him feel bad about himself and use that as his drive to become powerful. And so he takes the name Bane because his father always described him as the Bane of his existence. Which is kind of interesting name. It's fucked. Interesting way to pick your name. That is pretty fucked. Do you imagine your dad just calls you the bane of his existence every day? Um, That's another thing I want to bring up is how do you think things would have been different if Dez had a good relationship with his father? Oh my god. He never he never becomes a Sith. He probably would have been a Jedi. He he maybe never gets discovered at all. Um, Possibly, yeah. The rule of two never gets created. Palpatine never takes over. So abuse your kids, everyone. That's how we get the whole Star Wars <laughs> saga. If it wasn't yeah. Wars, there would be no Star Wait, Wars. I don't think so. George Lucas. It's definitely interesting. Confirmed. But yeah, it is. It is a very, uh, it's a very interesting way for him to take his new name. Of course, Kopej goes to the head of the the academy on Korriban, Cordis. He tells him about Bane, and you know, Cordis is very suspicious of Kopej. It's pretty obvious these two are rivals. They do not like each other, and they debate from the ages before. Yeah. Um, they debate Bane and uh, what should be done with them. And Kopej says that he believes Bane could be the Sithari. Who the Sithari is basically the Sith's prophecy of a perfect being who will lead the Sith to topple the Jedi. So this is interesting. Do you think Bane is a Sithari? Do I think Bane is the Sithari? Yeah. 
Yes, I think he is the Sithari. You think Bane is the Sithari? I mean, though, yes, because of Bane. If Bane never existed, nothing would have ever yeah. happened. But you don't believe Palpatine... that maybe the Sithari and the prophecy that the Jedi had are linked and Anakin is both? Well, it's hard to say because you could, you could say there's multiple Sithari. I okay. Because Bane put him on that track. I can agree with you there. And then Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. acted, did the actual act of destroying the Jedi. It's it's kind of the same way you could right. say, well, there's multiple chosen ones, because you know Anakin fulfilled the prophecy and brought balance, but then when the Force was out of balance, Ray put it back in balance. You know, so you can make those little, okay. those little fair things. enough. So. But I do believe he's the Sith Ari because if not for the rule of two, the Sith would have been, you know, in fighting all the time and they never would have had a chance against the Jedi being a known force in the galaxy. That's true. But at that same point, you know, Khan kind of brought everyone together, although Khan is Khan. But Khan's named after a Star Trek character, so he doesn't get any respect. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like Star Trek, so I don't even know why I said that. Um, but they have that discussion, and Cordis goes to see Bane, and, you know, they have a discussion, and Cordis starts to teach Bane the Sith Code. You know, there is no peace, there's only passion. And um, Bane mm-hmm. starts to, you know kind of absorb some of the early teachings and uh you know he's very important at the academy because he's going to be getting uh one-on-one time with the teachers because he's starting his training so much later than the other students and he's fucking six foot tall and muscular as fuck (laughs) and uh we find out the actual academy that he is at there's multiple academies there's some that train assassins some that train spies. This one's very important because they train those that have the potential to be dark lords, which is the highest rank in the Sith. Not as cool as being a, a Darth, but, you know, no. they're dark lords in the well, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Korriban itself is kind of described as the heart of the Sith, kind of the home world. Um which is, it's weird because in canon they changed the name to Moraban, which I don't know why. That makes no sense. <laughs> they changed the letter. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Weird. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess the Sith must have multiple important worlds. They have uh, Korriban or Moraban. <laughs> and uh, now we know about Exegol, which is, I guess, a very ancient place for the Sith. They just have everything. They, you know, Sith have they everything. want a planet, they get another new planet. Yeah. Well, uh, Cordus, this has to be probably the coolest enrollment ceremony ever because he literally anoints Bane with the blood of the Sith. Jesus Christ. That's some, like, Satanist shit. Or, you know, like... Of uh, sorority, you know? Yeah. Any normal guess, sorority, they normally do that, right? <laughs> I guess one way you could look at it as fucked up, and the other way you could look at it as frat house. Um, 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. It doesn't play off like a frat house to me in the book, though. I don't see Bane going to a No, no, right it after. does not. Although that would have been not going to bangers every day. Um, but Bane starts his training already behind the students, but you know he's quickly picking up his relationship with the Force, realizing its power, and he realizes that he's been using the Force for a long time without knowing it, which will come into play a lot later when he recalls a certain event. Mm-hmm. But Bane, he's one of the only, probably the only, student that actually goes to the archives and studies the ancient records. Um, but we find out there's not really any holocrons or hollow messages. It's all paper and books because the Jedi have tried to eradicate the Sith history as much as possible. And the Sith masters themselves don't really care about the history of the Sith because they're trying to be more united now as opposed to the Sith way of, you know, selfishness. Yeah. You know, Bane, the creator of the world too, one of the most powerful Sith ever, man, he read. That's how you become powerful. Listen up, kids. Just read and you'll so become see, powerful so too. So kids, if you read, you'll commit genocide. And that's important. That, that's important. I bet Hitler read. He read a lot, I bet. <laughs> all right well, he wrote You're a lot wrong if he, if he wrote he could read it's true anyway it's fair fair enough talk about hitler um Bane <laughs> is making good progress on his studies um and we find out that the sith uh has attacked jedi on the planet of rusan which is a kind of a desolate planet. It's been desecrated by war, and uh, the assault is being directed by the leader of the Brotherhood of Darkness, Lord Khan, who is a bitch. I don't like Lord Khan. Uh, yeah. Uh, it seems like he's good and bad. Like... No, I just don't like him. At some points, he knows what he's doing, and then other points, it's like, oh, he doesn't. Wait, what? Yeah, well, he's a bitch. I get um, what you mean, though, but you just don't like him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's not me neither. Well, Khan, to give the Sith an advantage in battle, is using uh, what's known as battle meditation, which has popped up in other things. It's seen in KOTOR especially. Um, it basically kind of boosts morale and just makes troops and you know everyone on their side better warriors and stuff it's a very rare but important force power sadly for Khan, there's someone on the jedi who also knows battle meditation and they're more adapt to it than Khan. so they're kind of countering his battle meditation yeah, because if you're, you know, if you're a Jedi, you've been training your whole life. It's funny, though, that... To do the, one thing. The people, the organization that is known as Peacekeepers, are better at battle meditation than the organization that just wants <laughs> to hunt down and kill people. 
Well, see, I don't think the Jedi think of it as battle meditation. It's a, it's just a morale booster. You know, sometimes people need a pep in their step. Well, I would agree with you if one of the biggest plot points in KOTOR <laughs> wasn't all about Bastila's battle meditation. So, all right, fair enough. I'm gonna say the Jedi fine. know it's battle meditation. Yeah, but um, Kopej he takes out a squad of uh, Republic troopers and lands on the Republic cruiser. Um, takes out a bunch of people, kills a Padawan. Mm-hmm. What a shitty master to make his Padawan protect him and give his life for no reason. It's a shitty Jedi master. Um, Kopej busts in and just kills Jesus. the master using the battle meditation. So, mm. there's that. The battle turns into a slaughter. No and the, problem. No the ship problem. is destroyed and the Sith are victorious in the first battle of Rusan. So, listen here, people. Kill them all. If, if you're a superior, always make your underlings risk their lives for you. That's how it works. Yeah. Duh. Never risk your own life. Never be a good leader. You'll win eventually, I'm sure. Mm. But we go back to the academy because that's what is really important. And Bane is starting to learn more about his power. And he's kind of lost interest in the archives because he's gaining so much more from the training sessions. Um, We meet another Twi'lek, a Sith Lord named Kasim, who is the Swordsmaster of the academy he's basically teaching everyone the uh the art of saber combat he other than bane is probably my favorite character in the book he is my other favorite character as well because of anybody he's okay. like the one who might be the most opposed to the brotherhood i mean eventually it doesn't go down that way but he has his his own thoughts and his past is very much not in line with the Brotherhood's philosophy. Right. Because he used to... No. Was it him or Kopesh that used to be a Jedi? Um, I don't think it's Kasim. So it's probably Kopesh. Okay, okay. Yeah. Probably Kopesh. Okay. You, but, th- that comes in a lot later, but yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Bane uses uh, a lightsaber form of form five, which emphasizes strength and power. And so he's very tight and powerful slashes and stabs. Um, That's a thing that's not really canon anymore is the lightsaber forms. It's pretty much just people swinging sabers now. Which stinks. And I'm sure there's still like, I mean, as far as lightsaber combat, there's still... Um, I'm not sure, but I don't think there's any definitive canon forms anymore. Yeah. That's actually something that's explored a lot in this book is lightsaber combat. And it's really cool. It is. But uh, these practice blades that they use actually have these little tips with this poison in it that will basically paralyze any part of your body that is hit to simulate being hit with a lightsaber. So if you get hit in the arm it's like your arm got chopped off you can't use it anymore so it's actually pretty 
interesting interesting thing to do. Pretty inhumane, but interesting. Nah, just don't get hit. There you go. Oh man, you're right. <laughs> Easy. We find out. Just be academy. better than everyone. Well, I would be. Um, the academy. <laughs> that's true. The academy uh, has a part of the day every day where they allow students to challenge anyone else they want in duels. Um, Bane has, you know, mm-hmm. been in some of these in the past. He's won some. He's lost some. But he's performed overall pretty well. But today he is, uh, mm-hmm. he's ready to take on a challenge. And so he challenges uh, Fohard, who is something else. I can't remember what species they said he was. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. No idea. I didn't write it in my notes. I thought I oh, wait. wait, 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 wait. Oh, man. I'm just going to look him up real quick. Okay. I'm going to feel stupid because I, as I was listening to the audiobook, I was like, I, don't forget that. That's important. Yeah, I feel like I, I know it. A McCurth. He's a McCurth. Mm, but yeah. wouldn't have guessed that one. But it does sound familiar. They, I think they describe him as uh, similar to Trandoshans. They're kind of a lizardy type type mm-hmm. of race, but um, yeah, he challenges Foharg. Foharg had beat him in a duel previously, and um, so he's he's trying to get his win back essentially. Uh, they fight. Bane's doing okay. He's not doing great, um, but he does get hit in the arm, uh, and his his arm gets paralyzed. And Foharg basically has him defeated. Um, Foharg starts... Now, here's the thing. Foharg should have just kept his goddamn mouth shut, and he could have walked out of here with the victory. But he had to start running his goddamn mouth and pissed off Bane. And Bane basically taps into his dark side energy, breaks through Foharg's force barrier, and chokes the life out of him, and Bane has killed a fellow student. With pure will alone. Yeah. Our boy fucks this guy up. If Fulhard would have just kept his goddamn mouth shut, he would have won. Damn. He pissed Bane off. Damn, damn. He did. But uh, Bane leaves. He's just like, um, I'm out of here. But this uh, this duel has caught the attention of the academy's top student, Sirak, and Sirak follows Bane, and he says, basically, he says, you know, that was that was something else, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna challenge you because that's beneath me, but I'll be waiting for you to challenge me, and he walks off. Mm. So, and. Sirak is interesting because he's one of the very few Zabraks that they have. Yes, he is a Zabrak. Which is interesting. Just kind of interesting. But uh, Bane is summoned to Cordis's chambers to discuss what happened. Because um, you killed a student. Uh, um, 
And after he gets there, he realized that he's not being punished. And Cordis even says that Fauvard's death could probably help Bane reach his potential. And so, <laughs> fuck these students, man. Who cares? Um, like, normally, we don't want you killing the students, but... I'll allow it. Oh, well. Cordis and Bane both recite the Sith Code, and then Bane decides to ask Cordis about the prophecy of the Safari. And Cordis talks about it, and um, he tells him that a lot of people think it's just a myth, it may or may not be real, and you know, a lot of people seem to think Sirach is the Sithari. Um, I don't think he's the Sithari, I'm going to throw that out there right now. Yeah, me neither. I don't think so. But, just a uh, hunch. Yeah, it's just a hunch. But um, Bane's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go. And this is where an internal struggle starts to happen for Bane. He can't really justify to himself why he killed Foharg. It's true, because in the past, he's always killed people because they were bad. Yeah. Or... Self-defense, you know, he's... Yeah. So he's, he's trying to justify it somehow. And, uh... You know, he starts to realize the connection between power and emotion. But he uh, he remembers an altercation with his father, which is what I was talking about earlier. And this is one mm -hmm. that is, uh, you know, prepared him for who he becomes. Basically, um, you know, his father comes home. He's already talking shit to him immediately. And... Uh, he, said, he says something along the lines of how am I ever going to get us out of debt if you're doing this or that. And Bane says, eating, well, you know. Eating so much damn food. That's what it was, yeah. And Bane says, well, you know, I've worked just as many hours in the mines as you. And this very much pisses off his father who decides he's going to beat Dez. Dez stands up for himself, but his father overpowers him. And he has the most badass line where he says, if you're going to whoop me, you better whoop me good because it's probably going to be the last time. And, what a uh, thing to say to your... Yeah. And the best part is he's not wrong. Um, that was the last time. Because <laughs> that night, Bane is laying in his bed... And he's just, he's over and over, he keeps saying, I wish you die. I wish you die. And the next morning, he wakes up and his father is dead. And so Bane is now currently realizing that he killed his father through the force when he was about 18 years old. What a thing to realize. Yeah. Because, the, I mean, his father's official cause of death was a heart attack. And the night before, Bane had thought about his hand squeezing the life out of his father's heart. It's crazy. That's a fucking way to go. And this, you know, he's not evil at this point. No. And you can tell because this actually fucks him up. It, it makes him not be able to fight. He loses his mojo. It's, yeah, that's crazy. I, I never understood this. 
Yeah. Because Bane, at this point, he's still somewhat of a human being. He's looking for justifications mm-hmm. for all his actions. And so this, you know, even though he hated his father and his father was a bad dad, he didn't, he can't justify killing him. Yeah, that's bad. You don't want to do that. So he's, you know, he gets back to his training, but he's just, he's in a lull and he's having trouble with the new lightsaber sequences. And Kasim even says, you know, you're holding back. You're not embracing the dark side. And Bane is essentially regressing. He's not, not even, is he not progressing, but he's losing some of his power. And, you know, because of Fohard's death, nobody's really stepping up to challenge him right now. But he knows sooner or later someone will. And he has to be ready for that. Yeah. He needs to be ready. Well, we get back to Khan, and we note that the Jedi are not showing up to many of the battles. The Jedi have seemed to kind of abandoned the Republic. And that's very worrisome for Khan because he knows that can't be the case. Kopej arrives on Khan's ship and tells him the Sith have lost Rusan, and it becomes clear why the Jedi haven't been showing up to many battles, because they formed an army of Jedi called the Army of Light, led by General Hoth, and they have taken back Rusan. That's just badass. Having an army of, of Jedi. The army of light. That's <laughs> interesting. I want to see that. I want to see a movie. Just the, the armies of Jedi fighting armies of Sith. Which, funny enough, the uh, the final battle from this book on Rusan between the army of light and the Brotherhood of Darkness is also depicted in a six-part comic issue called Jedi vs. Sith. Really? Yeah, and that came out before this book. So this battle's existed before the Bane book itself. Oh, badass. Yeah. I need to read that comic. And I'm Bane's one of the... I think Khan, Bane, and Githany are all essential characters to that story as well. Sweet. And so you actually get some, some more illustration of Bane. But, uh... The, uh... Hoth is trying to draw out the Sith and, uh, you know, get them away from some of these other planets, draw them to Rusan so that they can basically wipe out the Sith. Um, Mm -hmm. Khan decides, you know what? We should form a Sith army. Which, you know, it's probably what you're going to have to do because normal troops are not going to be able to take out an army of Jedi. Um... Khan and Kopej have different views on this army, but Khan kind of calms Kopej down and tells him, don't worry, I got it. Um, Portis and Kasim find out about this and they kind of discuss it. Um, Kasim also tells Cordis about Bane's regression and Cordis essentially mm-hmm. just says, give up on him. Cordis wants Bane to stop receiving one-on-one training, and he says if he isn't living up to his potential, then he doesn't deserve our one-on-one help. Which, you know, later on, Khan's like, no, what the fuck? 
We need all we can get. Which, I mean, the whole reasoning but, behind Cordis, though, is because he doesn't like Kopesh. And Kopesh brought Bane to the academy. Right. And so he just wants to watch right. Kopesh be a failure, essentially. As far as for political reasons, that makes sense. And maybe it would have been... Uh, see, there's so many like bad decisions here that lead to what happens to the Sith. Oh, there's so many bad decisions. <laughs> God. But Bane's regression but, has started to grow even bad now to the point where everyone knows about it, too. So, it's getting bad. It's bad, bad. Yeah, Bane knows that he's about to be challenged by someone, and so he's hoping he can somehow get all that power back. And so in a desperate ploy to kind of channel it, he challenges Sirak to a duel. Pretty dumb, Bane. Pretty dumb. Yeah, just just challenge the thought to be Sithari yeah. to a duel when you're at your weakest point. Also, uh, Sirak uses a double-bladed lightsaber, or a saber, training saber at this point. But uh, Bane has no idea how to defend against that. And Bane does not feel any emotion that he can feed off of. He, even, he doesn't feel anything. So he's kind of in a pickle. Just a wee bit. And Sirak, he even comes up and he says, I wish you had called me out a few weeks ago when people were actually afraid of you because now this, this victory is not going to mean anything. <laughs> Which is just... Damn. That sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it's like when I play awful. Mortal Kombat against JB. It's like, this, this victory means nothing. Oh my god. <laughs> He's gonna listen to this. He's like three episodes behind. That's true. No, he's gonna listen to that and I'm gonna get a text message or a phone call. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it it's it's true. You know, he uh this 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 battle I mean it definitely for me it wouldn't have been worth it. I'd have been like <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no. But uh, you know, uh, Sirak, he kind of toys with Bane. He strings him along to make his victory seem that more epic, you know? It's um, kind of yeah, fucked that up. Might... I mean, yeah, but oh well. And Sirak finally gets to the point where he's like, all right, I've had enough. And he, I mean, he fucks Bane up. He headbutts him. He kicks out his kneecap. He crushes his hand. He knees him in the skull. He breaks his wrist. Bane is essentially being broken. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because in DC Comics, Bane breaks Batman. So it's a nice little circle. <laughs> Not Darth Bane. True. Darth Bane didn't show up in, in Batman. Yeah, just he shows Bane. up in Batman. You're dead, Batman. <laughs> no, Batman wouldn't have had a shot against Darth Bane. No, not at all. No. But, um... Oh, Bane, you know, he's just completely broken and and he uh, loses consciousness as Sirak has humiliated him. So uh, things aren't looking good for Bane. He's not looking like much of a Sathari right now. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think... Yeah, he needs just a little bit of help, but he's just not getting it. He's not getting there, no. Well, I think this is a good place to stop in Bane's story for right now, you know? Yeah, we're just about to get into all the spicy stuff. Yeah, we're about to get into the spicy stuff. I knew that this was going to get split up into parts just because there's so much to talk about. Um, but we've kind of gotten through the first chapter, his, his uh, joining the Sith and how that um, affects him and eventually his fall from grace. So next week we're going to be getting into the arrival of Githany and mm-hmm. some other spicy stuff. All right. So next week... Part two of Darth Bane's story. This week was part one, and uh, we're just scratching the surface. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye.